0: Red Sox
1: fans of Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard.
0: Welcome to Sports Talk with r and J. I am Steve Risser along with Justin D'Anafrio. and it was a sad day yesterday in the sports world. Uh, obviously uh, yesterday Tiger Woods got into a major car accident, one, one car crash. Uh, his car was uh, uh, turned sideways. It was a, just an awful, awful, awful thing. Uh he had to be rushed. He had to be taken to the hospital. Obviously Uh, he's, he he was taken to a Harbor UCLA medical center with the injuries to his lower right leg and ankle. And uh, right now he's recovering from surgery on his leg. But the big thing is, is that he's, that he's okay. And he, and, and because when I saw that, I thought when I saw that car uh, flipped over sideways, I thought the worst, I thought the worst happened. I thought the worst might happen. And we, and we might've lost him yesterday. I I thought, I thought, I thought the worst might've happened when we saw that. So, I am just so relieved that this wasn't this was bad was but it wasn't as bad as I, as I thought it was going to be but still just uh, just just another just another turn in Tiger Woods's life as we remember he got in that big car accident in 2009 uh, uh, then because I mean and then his career kind of went downhill a little bit and then we obviously remember the uh, the DUI in 2017 but then remember how he came back and won that Masters in 2019, and that's one of the greatest sports moments we've seen in the last decade. Him winning that, uh, him winning that Masters. I mean, that was one of the best sports moments we've ever seen. But another turn for Tiger Woods as he was uh, go, driving to a photo shoot with Justin Herbert and Drew Brees. He uh, he got into this got into this awful accident, and it's just surreal because remember two days ago he was talking to Jim Nance about playing in the Masters. Now. There's a great chance that. Forget about golf. I mean, I think we've all accepted the fact his career, his golf career, is probably over. We just hope that he's going to be still be able to be be able to walk, be able to play with his kids, and be able to function as function as a normal human as a normal human being. That's that's what that's what we're worried about now. Uh, I'm not worried. I've accepted now his golf career is over. That's the least important thing at this point. We just got to worry about his recovery and his safety, and hopefully he'll be able to play with he'll be able to walk again and be able to play with his kids again so that 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 to me that's my biggest concern i at this point i've accepted that his golf career is over
1: yeah you know um it, it, it to probably you know more than like because he was just recovering from back surgery too still so he just had that done i i'm with you when i saw that wreck i i thought the worst too that that thing was that you know you just saw the picture of it and it was like oh boy you you know it, it did not look good um you know, and then you kept hearing too, like, they came like, oh, they did do the Draws of Life. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. Like, you know, it, but yeah, you know, it was just very unfortunate um, to see that happen. I guess in that area too, what the deputy was saying, it sounds like a lot of people do 80 in a 45 mile per hour zone. Because I guess even the good Samaritan that tried to help him, um, that person's car got hit too while trying to help him, by trying to help tires. So, you know, it seemed like it was a dangerous area um but yeah you know one of the best golfers he really put golf on the map for every you know just for people in you know in the US he really grew the sport of golf and you know for the game and yeah you know it's unfortunate you know but it, that masters in 2019 won, it was unbelievable nobody saw that coming um when like the few days where i was actually just strictly tuned into golf you know there's not too many times when i am when, uh, when that happens, but I was that day, you know, it was really remarkable, but yeah, you know, you hope just that he can't walk and he can't play with his kids or, you know, um, it just, yeah, function and just be able to walk, you know, um, it, you know, yeah, it's, it, unfortunately the golf career is over for him, but yeah, you just hope that he kind of get back to somewhat normal T just, you know, walking or just, you know, I mean, the kids, you know, maybe just, I don't know, trying to just for fun playing around a golf, maybe. But, uh, you know, you just hope, yeah, you know, he's going to end up being okay. But, uh, you know, at least, uh, you know, again, we're not going to lose him right now. No,
0: no. Yeah. And obviously that was the biggest fear yesterday. When you heard the story, you saw the story flash. You were in shock. It shocked everyone in the sports world. And you've heard so many comments from Steph Curry, from other golfers, Justin Thomas, I think made a comment yesterday. You heard it from pretty much the entire golf community, Phil Mickelson. You saw his tweets, Jack Nicholson. You saw a ton of, ton of people's tweets. Uh, they, I mean, it just was – it was just the support he had throughout the golf community. It just shows you how iconic this guy is. I mean, just how – he's more than a golfer. He's an American icon. He is one of the – maybe LeBron James, Tom Brady – and it's probably him. He's probably top three in terms of popularity of uh, for, uh, He's probably t- probably one of the most popular athletes in America. Top three between LeBron and Tom Brady. Everybody knows who Tiger Woods is. Even if you don't follow golf, you know who Tiger Woods is. So it's just this is just such a tragic, tragic, tragic thing that happened. And and it's just I mean it, it, it's awful that we've probably seen the last of him on the golf course. But we're really, really happy that he that he is surviving right now
1: yeah totally yeah he's definitely one of the top american icons of all time um you know just the way he grew the game of golf and just you know again you know just grew it for everybody that wanted to get into golf and you know again he was such a huge um advocate of you know how the sport grew you know in this country and so yeah he's way up there but um yeah you know we're all happy that he's going to survive and you know again the worst of it you know the worst fear for everybody is yeah you know he, he's gonna be with us still so yeah you know it was totally unfortunate but yeah he, he's I, I definitely probably put him top three American icon just right now you know um but just you know with all the you know good he's done for the game of golf for all the years.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, yeah, he's done a ton of good, good for the golf. He's been pretty much, he's he's the guy in golf too. I mean, he he put golf on the map. I mean, if there's a big tournament and Tiger's in it on a Sunday, everyone's watching. If he's not, people are probably not watching. So he is just so so huge to the to uh, to the game of golf. And we're no doctors; we really can't speculate on what what's going to happen with the injury. Uh, I've heard like, I, I think the biggest issue is when he's had surgery, you don't want the knee to be infected. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical expert of any means, but you know, you just don't want any infection with the knee. You just hope, hope that there's no infection or anything. And he's, and he's just able to, you know, have a, a recover from this. I mean, as Obama treated, don't ever count Tiger out. That's why I'm never counting out a return, but I think obviously a return is less than likely, but it's clearly the le- like it, it is the last thing. Uh, It's clearly the least important thing right now. Is, is is a return to the golf course? That that's that's that shouldn't even be on. And, and, and I, anybody who's doing shows anything that should be the last thing that should be discussed is a return to the golf course. The number one thing that should be discussed is is that he's okay. Because I know this is an American golfer, but this also is a human being, and it, like like all of us. And that that, that could have ha- that, what happened yesterday could have happened to any of us. So we're just happy that he that that that, that he's okay. Uh, yeah, getting on the golf course right now is so. Uh, is, is, is 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 so low on the uh it's just it's just is such a low priority right now compared to his health and his, his safety right now it's it, the golf course right now it really him getting back in the golf course doesn't matter his health and safety would matter much more
1: yeah yeah you know, it sums up perfectly it definitely yeah you know, none of us should be worried if we ever watch him on a golf course ever again it's that he's healthy that he's okay you know yeah that you know, nothing gets infected. Hopefully, you know, we're not dodging, you know, like something like that didn't, that to out Smith, you know, you, you don't want to see that happen to Tiger. I know Alex Smith been got through it and he's back on the field, but you know uh, yeah, you just, you definitely right now, just, yeah, you don't want to speculate on when he's going to come back or anything. It's just, yeah. Can he get healthy? You know, can he walk, you know, when will he be able to walk again? You know, when's he going to be able to kind of, Return to some normal life for him, you know. It's kind of what we all should be worried about right now.
0: Yeah, and I would say I like that you brought up Alex Smith because these—I mean—they're not comparable, but they're kind of similar yeah. situations, you know, with the with the with the with the with, the, with their both both their injuries and and, and getting back on the golf course. But I mean, obviously, well, that's a story for another day. Will he, yeah. you know, say he could? You could, and, and a lot of people have said, you know, maybe he should reach out to Alex Smith, tell him how did he go through this? How, how did he end up going through this? But you know. To me, it's just all about—is he going to be able? The first step is—is is he going to be able to be, you know, is he able to walk again, be able to, you know, be be, be play with his kids again? That's the first step for me. I'm not worried at all, and I've said—I know i said this a couple times—I'm not worried about it at, at all about him getting back on the golf course.
1: Yeah, uh, and, you know, same with you know, same here. I, you know, just obviously wanting to see him walk again, and you know, yeah, you know, be definitely be a good thing. Maybe if he does kind of reached out to Alex Smith. You know, obviously, it is different, different situations. You know, Smith took a hit, you know, took a hit in the game, you know, Tiger with the car accident. But, again, you know, they both kind of went through, you know, um, dramatic, you know, some bad leg injuries. So, yeah, you know, just, you know, for, for now, just hopefully, um, you know, focus on getting back and, you know, again, just walking is like the first step for him right now. And yeah, golf is way down there in the totem pole for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So,
0: you know, we'll see how this story unfolds, and there's going to be a lot to the story, but we'll see how it ends up unfolding. But we got to move on to the NFL. Before we get to the big trade that happened last week, we're going to talk about Big Ben. And uh, uh, Steelers president, Steelers owner, uh, Art Rooney II, uh, said that uh, he's expecting Big Ben to be back. Uh, uh, he's expecting Big Ben to be back. Uh, uh, this year, they expect him to be back. His cap hit is huge—forty-one million right now for a player that really regressed in the second half of the season. I think, I think for the Steelers, for Big Ben, it comes down to two things: you either restructure your deal, or you're going to have to retire. Because if he doesn't restructure his deal, I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers caught him. Because if he cuts or retires, it's only a twenty-two million dollar cap hit. The Steelers will save nineteen million in cap space if they cut Big Ben or release him. So it's either it's either release him or he's going to have to restructure his deal.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like he's um you know, sounds like he's yeah, I think it was his agent that said, you know, he's all in the restructure of the contract. I think I saw you know a little bit ago. So um, yeah, we'll see how much because again, you know, cause they came out too last week. The salary can drop from uh two ten or two hundred ten million to 180 million dollars. And I think the Steelers were right up there against the cap as well. So it's one of those things too where it's like you gotta you gotta move 30 million dollars a cap. And, you know, as well trying to restructure, it's going to be a weird team, weird year for a lot of teams and trying to figure this out. Um, but yeah, you know, he could he, you know, can't you kind of say he took like a regression like we've seen, you know, we saw like with Peyton Manning just with the arm strength last year. Um, he kind of looked like in the second half, unfortunately, you know, oh. kind of had that because, you know, he showed in the second half with the arm the arm trade, because it was a lot of dink and donks like we saw in the final final few years with Pam Manning.
0: Yeah, it was it was, it was a lot of crossing routes, and once teams figured out what the Steelers were doing, they went downhill at the end of the year. I mean, they, they started out 11-0. They lost, uh, I mean, five of their last six games to end the season. So, yeah, once, once teams figured out what the Steelers were doing, you saw they lost to Washington at home, they lost to the Bengals, and they got be pretty good in that playoff game to the Browns. So, yeah, once teams figured out what they were doing, they pretty much were able to, you know, figure out the Steelers' offense and Big Ben struggled. And I, my, my mistake, uh, uh, Art Rooney II, that's the team president, not the team, not the team owner. Dan Rooney's the team owner. But, yeah, but still, it's just, yeah, they expect him back. But it's pretty much down to two things, restructure or or, or retire for Big Ben.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I, I think at the end, though, they will definitely re- they'll get a deal done to restructure his contract, and I think he'll be back. Probably, you know, I, I and this would probably be the final year, of Big Ben. Um but yeah, i you know it, all indicate sounds like he he'll be back with Pittsburgh and i i you know you never know what could happen but i i think we'll see him in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform next year uh,
0: yeah this will be the last it'll be the last year we see him in a Steelers uniform but i do think he comes back
1: yeah i'm, I'm with you i i you know be a bit surprised if we did not see him they didn't fix, they they didn't sell his contract no, no, no. I
0: think he's back, but I don't think the Steelers. I think, I think personally, the Steelers should move on. But if they get him for the right price and they're able to see, re-sign a Juju Smith-Schuster and a Bud Dupree, it makes some sense to keep him because you don't know what you're getting at the position if you get rid of him. Because Dwayne Hatsons could be worse. If you get if you trade for Sam Darnold, he could be worse. So you don't know what you're getting at the position. If you have a good defense and a you know a solid running game, maybe Big Bang can manage you games. I just don't think right now he's good enough to win you a Super Bowl in my opinion, but we'll see if the running game improves and they stay healthy on defense. Maybe they have a shot because they did start 11-0 and this season.
1: Yeah, you know, and going 11-0, it, you know, I don't care what their schedule was. I know it wasn't the hardest schedule, but still, going 11-0 is really difficult to do, and there's only been a handful of teams that have done it. So, yeah, you know, if they can, you know, upgrade the line, get a running game, you know, re-sign and Bud Dupree, then yeah, you know I could see Big Ben just kind of having to be a game manager again. It's a very tough AFC North, but yeah, yeah, you know, I could see him right there contending the playoffs.
0: Absolutely, I mean the Steelers have not been worse than eight and eight since 2003 when they were six and ten. So pretty much 17 years in a row, they've been at least they've had at least eight wins. That's pretty amazing. And mm-hmm. and and even if they do bring Big Ben back next year, I, I still think they're going to be an eight win team.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. With that defense, even if you lose Bud Dupree, that defense is still pretty good. I think their defense would seal them some wins. I definitely think they they finished over 500 once again.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So we got to get to the big trade in the league uh, last week as uh, the the, uh, Eagles traded Carson Wentz to the Colts for a third-round pick this year and a second-round pick in 2022, which could turn into a first-round pick if the Colts – uh, I think if the Colts make the playoffs or Carson Wentz plays, I think seventy five or seventy seventy or seventy five percent of the snaps. But I really like this trade for the Colts, and here's why: I think obviously the Frank Wright thing. I wrote an article about this, the Frank Wright uh, thing, with, where he was the offensive coordinator of the Colts in 2017, when when you know, have the of the Eagles in 2017, when Carson Wentz had his best season. I think him and Frank Wright are a good match. I think the offensive line. I'm not the biggest O line guy, as you know. But it is still as important, and I think this is a really good offensive line and a much better offensive line than he had with the Eagles last year. As you saw, the Eagles did, had, had Lane Johnson out for most of the year, and they had Brandon Brooks out for the entire season. So I think he's with the, he has a much better offensive line. He has a better running game with Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor was third uh, was third in the NFL in rushing yards this year. Uh, rece- the receivers, there's a little bit of a question mark. They don't have a true number one, but I feel like Michael Pittman Jr., who didn't, lone Carson Wentz who didn't give his jersey number away to Carson Wentz. I think he could emerge as the number one receiver, and we'll see what, this, what the Colts do with T.Y. Hill. Uh, and and obviously, on, on, on the defensive side of the ball, this is a top 10 defense. This is a, a great front seven with uh, with with uh, DeForest Buckner, Justin Houston, and the best linebacker in football. And I hope Jace is hearing this because he is Darius Lent. So he they have the best linebacker in football, too, and a pretty good secondary because Javier Rhodes had a pretty good year, too. So top 10 defense, good offensive line, good running game. I think this is a recipe for Carson Wentz to have success. In my opinion, I think they're the best team in the in the uh, AFC North, and in the AFC South, and I I think they're Super Bowl contenders in, in in the AFC. I think this. I don't think they're I don't think they're as good as the Bills or the Chiefs or even the Ravens, but I do think they're Super Bowl contenders in the AFC with this move because this is an upgrade over Jacoby Percent and an upgrade over Phillip Rivers. In my opinion, but Justin, I got a couple questions for you. Will the Colts remain a playoff team uh,
1: by making this trade? I think they will. Um, you know, Carson Wentz, I think for him, he really just has to come in here and be a game manager. You just talked about it. they have a top ten defense, you know, they have a good running game, you know, they have they have some good weapons. I think as long as he just comes in here and manages the game, and they also actually the Colts yeah, two the um second few stacks in the league. So as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, he doesn't make a ton of mistakes, they should they should have 10, I 10, you know, they should have double digit wins. Um, I saw they lived the ninth highest odd in eight to win the FC, which I thought was kind of low, but who was ahead of them? What,
0: what uh, I would say, I would, I would, all right, here's the teams I would think would be ahead of them. I would say the uh, obviously the Chiefs and the Bills, uh, probably mm. the Dolphins, right? Yep. Dolphins, yep. uh, Browns, yes, Yep. Ravens, yes, yeah, Steelers, yes, yep, uh, that's six, Titans, yes, tied, yeah, yes, Titans. That's that would Chargers. be seven.
1: They're tied with the Chargers.
0: Oh, tied the Chargers. That makes sense though because her, because I mean I don't think it makes – I think they're a better team than the Chargers, mm-hmm. obviously, but it does make some sense because of Justin Herbert. But so you say ninth it, it, odds to win the AFC. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. they're I'd say I'd say in my opinion they're fourth. I, I put the Ravens. I put the Chiefs, and I would put the uh, and obviously I put the Bills ahead of them.
1: Yeah, you know because it was I because their win pro- their win projection went from nine point four before Carson went down. It's at nine point seven. So it's like Vegas doesn't really you know they're not they don't really think this moves a needle much i think
0: here's the thing here's the thing about this move uh they've the colts have averaged 9 wins a year the last two years with having below average quarterback play this could be the best quarterback they've had so i think this is a i think this could be an 11 12 win team with Carson Wentz. Now, am I saying they're the best team in the AFC? No, but I think it'd be 11, it could be an 11 12 win team with Carson Wentz. In my opinion, I think a lot of Wentz's struggles were because the Eagles' offensive line was terrible. He didn't have any we- any weapons uh, in the passing game. Zach Ertz had his worst season last year. He was on and off the field. Uh, the Eagles, the receiving core was, ab- was absolutely terrible. Miles Sanders was clearly their best offensive weapon. So I, I yes, he didn't play well, but I think I think what was around him in Philadelphia. I think really led to Carson Wentz not playing well. Now, am I saying Carson Wentz is a great quarterback? No, but I think with the right pieces around him, I think he, he can succeed, and he proved that in 2017.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I, and I think he can. I'm worried that he's just too broken that even Frank Wright can't fix him at this point. That's what I'm worried about. Um, and then I, you know, I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago we we're still talking about it. You know, it was an Eagles report saying it's he's uncoachable. Like, so again, maybe maybe adding getting Frank right back, maybe, you know, they have a better relationship because it came out that him and Doug Peterson didn't talk for like the final 10 weeks of the season. So who knows, but I, you know, it's definitely an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett or Phillip Rivers right now. So it's like, I could see this move really painting out for the coach. I really could see it where it's just, yeah, I could see them getting 10, nine wins and just being kind of mediocre. You know, it's 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 really one of these cases where it it could be a great move or it could be a, a flop. You know, so but. two yeah. So two questions I'll ask you:
0: Are they the best team in the AFC South? Because I think they are. Because I think I think their defense is better than the Titans, and I think with the Wentz, the combination of Wentz and Frank Wright being together, I think that's better than Ryan Tannehill at quarterback.
1: Yeah, you know, and I think so too. Yeah, I think. The Colts stay healthy, too, on defense. I think they could shut down the Titans' offense. And who knows? Again, the Titans really have to upgrade their defense. You know, who knows what they're going to do to fix that. But at the moment, I think the Colts um, would be the favorite, I, you know, in the AFC South. I I take them over the Titans right now. I just, um, with their D, I think as long as Wentz manages the game, doesn't make mistakes, I think they're better than the Titans. I just don't trust Titans' defense. Um, yeah, you know, at, at, at the moment, it's kind of the big thing. But, yeah, I, I'd put them uh, top of the AFC uh, South or
0: Now, the last question. Are they a contender in the AFC – overall, overall in the AFC? You said how Vegas had them – it was Vegas, right, Adam, Adam protection yeah, Yes, yes, yeah. Are they a contender in the AFC with this move? Uh, I – I think they are. What do you think?
1: I think they – I think with their defense, they can be. But the – I just – could
0: I, think be... the, I, I think the bigger issue is they don't have a true number one, and they yeah. need Mike Pittman to develop as that number one.
1: Yeah, and they need Paris Campbell to be in the field because I like him. I like the McHale to Ohio State, but he hasn't been healthy in two years, so it's like you really haven't seen anything from him. Look, and two, they should have beat the Bills on the road. They you know, they, they should have won that game. In
0: yeah, the they outplayed them. They outplayed yeah. them. I mean, they ran the ball. They ran the ball really well. I mean, they they definitely outplayed the Bills in that playoff game. They very easily could have beaten them on the road.
1: Yeah, and who knows? You know, I know they beat the Chiefs last year, but I think Mahomes has hurt that game. Yeah, I don't what think what they would
0: have beat. That'll be would have beaten the Chiefs, but I think they could yeah. have beaten the
1: Bills. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they beat would have beat the Chiefs last, but who knows? You know, I, I think they can be. You know, we saw what they did with the, against the Bills last year. Um, I think they could their defense to slow down the Ravens. Um, oh yeah, and I think I think and,
0: and and the thing was when they beat the Chiefs two years ago it was with jo- Jacoby Percent, Even though Mahomes yeah, is hurt, exactly. they have the formula to give Kansas City trouble because they could stop the run and they could run the ball on
1: Kansas City. Yeah, and they can get after the quarterback, you know, as well. So yeah, you know, I I, I think I put them there as long as you know we get the Carson Wentz comes out and plays well. I I think they can, you know, um, I I I put them up there. I think you know they probably finish a three or four seed I would think at this point but yeah I, I think they could you know I think they could give you know the Chiefs a run for the money we saw it with the Bills last year so yeah I, I'd I'd put them up there I think they can
0: absolutely 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 but now we're going to look at the Eagles side of this and, and and the Eagles side of this is it looks like Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback this year they haven't committed to it but I think a big reason for them getting rid of Carson Wentz is they want Jalen Hurts to be the starting quarterback But I think personally, I think they completely screwed this thing up with Carson Wentz. Howie Roseman should not have a job. It it is an embarrassment, in my opinion, that Howie Roseman is the general manager in this league. The way he screwed this up. Number one, I think it all started back in 2019 when they drafted uh, Arsega Whiteside over DK Metcalf when they desperately needed a good. when When wide receiver was in need, and they missed a pass on DK Metcalf. That was a huge miss right there. I mean they got they, they got lucky that year that Wentz was able to carry them in a bad division and won a bad division. Then last year, he screwed this up completely. Drafting Jalen Rieger over Justin Jefferson was a horrendous, horrendous pick. Absolutely terrible pick to take Jalen Rieger over over Justin Jefferson. Then which which I think messed Carson Wentz up. I think I think this ultimately messed him up is when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. You can after you when you when you pay your quarterback uh, all that money. You cannot draft a quarterback in the second round on the second year of his deal. That makes no sense at all. The Jalen Hurts pick, I mean, yeah, it might eventually help the Eagles if he becomes their guy. But at the time, that Jalen Hurts pick made absolutely no sense. And I think this I was I think that was the be- biggest thing, even bigger than him not playing in the Super Bowl. I think that was the that, that was the biggest thing that messed with his head. The fact that uh they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. So I think Howie Roseman completely screwed this thing up and is completely to blame for this situation going the way it has.
1: Yeah. Yo, I was going to bring up the Jalen Hurts one. I, I think, you know, yeah, it did. I think that was a turn. I think that was kind of a point where I think he lost total confidence in this organization and just, you know, everything. Cause yeah, you know, second year of a deal, you, you go out and get Jalen Hurts in the second round. It's, it's kind of, you know, and I know people said, well, look at Rogers with Jordan love, but I think Rogers kind of has a, you know, me, you know, again, I don't know this personally, but again, Rogers may, you know, He's older. I think he was able to take it kind of with a chip on his shoulder. And I don't, you know, maybe Carson Wentz just didn't seem like he was able to do that last year. I, you know, um, but yeah, you know, I think the Eagles really screwed this up. I heard that there's a really good chance. It sounds like they may be drafting another quarterback in the first which round, which would
0: make them look like clowns because what, what direction are they are they going in? I mean, that, I mean the, then the Jalen Hurts pick makes no sense at all. Because why would you take Jalen Hurts if you're now going to take another quarterback? That just makes them look like total clowns. I mean, I like it because I hate the Eagles, but that would make them look like clowns if they take a quarterback,
1: <laughs> number yeah, six I, overall. I heard there's, there, there's a thought that it sounds like they're they're possibly looking um, at that. So, yeah, you know, I, again, I know what, what are you – I don't understand what they're doing. Again, yeah, they're lucky that the, a, the NFC East right now is still kind of rarely up in the air. Yeah, right the
0: thing now. is, is in any other division they would have no shot because the NFCs, there's no Bucks, there's no Packers, there's no, there's no Saints, Rams. there's no Seahawks, there's no Rams. They're really the NFCs probably doesn't have a team that's in the top half of the NFC. They're, so they're lucky about they're lucky there. But you look at the Cowboys, uh, even if even if they franchise Dak. They're not going to have enough money to, you know, improve that defense. That defense is still going to be below average. Washington doesn't have a quarterback. The Giants, let's be honest, they're the Giants. They they have made, they have improved. They can win more than six games, but they've only done that one time in the last seven years. So, yeah, the NFC East. Is, that's why they, that's the only shot they have to get to the playoffs is that the NFC East is absolutely terrible. But yeah, but this organization has turned into a total dumpster fire, and now they got the largest cap hit in NFL history: thirty three point eight million. That's the largest dead cap hit in NFL history. So this organization has starting to turn. It's 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 went down to the Super Bowl, and now it's now it's to, outside of the Texans, they're becoming the laughing stock of the NFL. The Eagles are.
1: Oh, I know they to pay a quarterback. You know they take this hit. The you know for your franchise quarterback you go play for another city. You know it, it it's bad, and especially in a Philly like, or especially a city that's so passionate about all their sports teams like. You know, Philadelphia fans are. I'm surprised there's not like riots outside of like Eagles State, like <laughs> Lincoln Financial, like, wanting Howie Rosen fired. Like, I'm actually oh. shocked at how yeah, passionate yeah. these fans are. I know. I and know. should. Since yeah, yeah, since that two bowl, it's just it just it hasn't been the same. It's just, yeah, it, they're, you know, they're lucky that the Texans are still a laughing stock because they, they would be the biggest laughing stock right now. The Texans oh. weren't.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just, just terrible decision making over the last. I mean, they're really since 2019. Them and the Texans have made the two worst decisions. If you recap what the Eagles have done since the 19, since 2019, paying Carson once all that money, which became a mistake, which became a mistake because they ended up trading him two years later. Then they obviously miss on, you know, they miss on DK Metcalf, uh, miss on Justin Jefferson, you know. Draft Jalen Hurts. I, mean, I don't think that might not end up being a bad move, but when you're paying a quarterback all that money, it ends up being a bad move. So yeah. I don't, I just don't understand how Howie Roseman has
1: a job. I don't. I mean, it's I mean, it, 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 my driver I mean, Eagles friend. He's, he's, he's been done with Howie too. He yeah, it, on, so yeah. He's got to be, I mean,
0: you give him credit for what he did in 2017, but since yeah. then he's been absolutely terrible and he needs to be fired.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He struck magic in a bottle, you know, <laughs> with the way Bulls came, Foles came in, in the playoffs and, well, what they did in that playoff run, and yeah, you know, it's kind of like they short magic in a bottle, and yeah, yep. it's been downhill yep. no since.
0: And they, and let's be honest, they were lucky that Belichick benched Malcolm Butler because there's no way they w- they win that Super Bowl with Tom Brady having the game they had if right. Malcolm Butler doesn't get benched.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, and, and that's still one of the craziest decisions that we yeah, still yeah, that, probably that, will that, never hear about. Yeah,
0: you'll never hear about it because Belichick's won all those Super Bowls, so you'll never you'll never hear about any explanation of it. But you know, <laughs> still. It, it, you know, still, oh, you know that, that's the only reason the Eagles won that Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, yeah, we like Nick Foles made him look like a me, kind of yeah, look like a Tom Brady out there. Yeah, I exactly. Did, you know, they own Tom Brady. But yeah, exactly. You know, since that moment, it just it's been awful.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we are going to move on to the NBA. And uh, in I think in a week from Sunday, there's the All-Star game. But on Thursday, they announced the All-Star starters. Yesterday, they announced the reserves. First, we'll go over the Eastern Conference starters. The starters are uh, Bradley Beal leading, leading the NBA in scoring. Kyrie Irving. Those are the two guards. That's the backcourt. Uh, Giannis. Uh, and Durant, the two forwards, no surprise there. And then Embiid, the center, No, really no surprise to any of the starters. Yeah, maybe you have Harden start instead of uh, Bradley Beal, but I think Beal earned it because yeah. you know he leads the NBA in scoring. So I got no complaints with the, any of the starters in the East. In the East,
1: no, me neither. Ben, I, I, you know, I'm with you. Yeah, Harden's been playing great since he you know been in Brooklyn, but Bradley Beal the lead scorer. I think you know, Washington's not very good, but like. Imagine now Bradley Beal, how bad the team would be. So yeah, I'm fine with Bradley Beal starting.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We we go over the starters in the uh, in the Western Conference. Uh, we got uh, uh, let me see: uh, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic as guards, uh, LeBron and Kawhi as forwards, and then Jokic as as the center. The only issue with the West is, and there's a big, there's a little, there's they're both great players, but. A lot of people might go Lillard over Doncic, but that's that's just so hard to decide because they're both great players. I mean, you saw what Doncic did last night against the yeah. Celtics, hitting those two huge shots, hitting those two huge threes. So it's really close between the two. Oh, stop it! Stop up, oh, Jace! Come on, or Mitchell, give me a break. Donovan is <laughs> hey, not on. I right have now. the best record, but come on, Donovan Mitchell is not on uh He's not. He's. he's he, come on, he's not on. Stop. He's not on a. a, a at th- those guys level please give me a break okay why don't you you know why don't you win more than one playoff series and then talk about donovan mitchell okay come on now dude come on uh, please give me a break with donovan mitchell i like that Donovan mitchell's donovan mitchell's the best jazz boy, player since carl malone but come on he's not he's not he's not dame lillard and he's not uh he's not uh, luca Doncic. okay give me a break there please okay but yeah that's the only issue i would have with the with the uh, starters it, it, for the western conference The will be a uh, lillard uh Doncic, and we'll 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 go back to the res, to the reserves in the East. You got a Jalen Brown, uh, James Harden, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons, uh, Julius Randle, my Nick, my guy from the Knicks, Julius Randle, Jason Tatum, and Vucevic. And I got a couple snubs, and I think there's two big snubs. There's a Trey Young, and I think and I think Zamo I think Trey Young is the biggest snub in the East, and I think uh, as is a uh, is a snub too. And I and I, and, I, and I would have and obviously I think the guys who shouldn't be all stars is. Bam out of about I can make you can make a case for Bam out of bio I might, I might, I might, I might take Bam uh, but I think Vucevic is a little bit better because Vucevic could shoot threes and Vucevic is the Magic's best player and I think Zamona's is a little bit better than him too so but Bam you can make an argument for Bam that's a good argument Jace has there but I would say the two the, the biggest snub was Trey Young and and I think the guy who shouldn't have made it was Ben Simmons I'm sorry you shouldn't be averaging thirteen and a half a game you're the third best player on the team uh, you, you you should not you should not be an All Star I'm sorry Ben Simmons is not an All Star okay. He's the third best player on that Sixers team. Yes, he's really good defensively, but he's averaging thirteen and a half a game. Trey Young is averaging like twenty five a game, and he can't miss from three. And he's the best player on the Hawks. He should be an All Star, not not Ben Simmons. So I think that was a, I think Trae Young was definitely the biggest snub uh, in the Eastern Conference. I mean, yes, you could argue Vucevic, Sabonis, and Bam, but Trey Young, the biggest snub out of all the reserves in the Eastern Conference.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm actually, I actually, because I know you talk about you know, I, I do, I love Bemel, and I know Vucic has been great this year, and I saw him drop like 47 on the Kings two weeks ago. Um, yeah, he was very impressive because he, you know, Bemel is almost having a double double. I think you know, uh, you, you know, um, just because, and I know the Heat team's not very good this year, but still, you know, I love the way he defend. I love the way he score, um, rebounds. They're not playing well, but I still think, you know, I still think he's a bit better. I know Vucha's is the Magic's best player and all that. And I know he's kind of, you know, they have Gordon as well. Um uh, Gordon's not that good. I think Fournier is better eight than Gordon. He's, off, man. he's five, yeah. He's fallen off the last, you know, couple of years. I actually wanted the king to trade for him, but <laughs> a few years ago. Um, but yeah, you know, I, um he's got like five and a half assists. I like the way um I've always I've been a bam on a vile fan so i probably would have took him bam over that over i'm um, so kind of um bam but you know um over like a ben Simmons, yeah because i don't get ben Simmons. he's averaging 13 points he's not that 13 key. and a half points a game i just don't under, get, understand it. he's six foot ten against all these points just, just, just he hasn't developed a three-point shot, which
0: he all. doesn't develop a three-point shot, which is ridiculous. Which absolutely it's just absolutely ridiculous. I'm tired huh? of seeing this guy in the all-star game. He is so overrated, it is unreal. He's one of the most overrated players in the NBA. And he, he, yeah, for the number one overall pick, all right, he's a solid player. His game does not work to be a great player in today's NBA. These aren't the days where you could average 17 a game and be a great player like Jason Kidd was, like Steve Nash was, like uh like John Stockton was. Those days don't exist anymore. If you're a point guard, you got to be averaging over 20 points a game. You got to be shooting threes. I'm sick and tired of all the Ben Simmons. Oh, Ben Simmons, he's so great defensively. I'm sick and tired of it. He is not an all star. It is ridiculous. He's an all star.
1: Yeah, he's, uh, to, if he could ever develop a three point shot at the side, because it's like you just back off of him and just you know you project the drive. But again, guys would have to be in his face of three point line to get ever develop a shot. I, he would be so much better if he did. Yeah. It's not a game a game anymore where it, it's not you gotta have a three-point shot to usually survive in this league. Usually the sleep. Even centers do.
0: Even even yeah. and that's even centers and do would be great like players. MB yeah. yeah. does, uh Jokic does, Vucicic does, uh Katz does. All the top four centers in the league have good three-point shots. So yeah. it just to me, it just makes no sense how you could have Trey Young not an all-star and have Ben Simmons an all-star. It makes no sense to me.
1: Yeah, I know Trey, Trey Young's having a uh, really good year too. I know that I want you know, and I think maybe part of it's too because I think there was a, there was some there's some optimism of this Hawks team, and I know they have not been playing well. They've struggled, so I wonder if that's part of it. Like and, you know, oh, come you know, on, he's
0: he's the best player on
1: the team. Yes, I know he is. I that, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe. You know, I don't like this fan voting, anyways. I'm not. I've never been a big fan of all these all-star. I'm not. I'm not either. I'm not either. You know, it's just. You know, I, I'd rather have actually the players pick them, or you know, actual, com- you know, committee or something. But I don't know. But yeah, you know, uh, I be surprised with the Trey Young man
0: And Jace made a good point. Reserves are coaches. Well, these coaches should know what they're talking about. But, you know, but of course, you know, of course, the coach of the all-star team is Doc River. So, oh, he wants Ben uh, Simmons to be on the all-star right. team. That's why. It's absolutely absurd. It's absolutely absurd. It's just absolutely absurd that he's an all star over Trey Young. I, I just can't get over that fact. Yeah, I, I don't
1: know. Again, thirteen points a game in your six foot ten center or point guard. I it's, I don't. It's
0: it, 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 it's absurd to me. But we'll go to the West reserves and we got uh, Damian Lillard, Jace's boy, Donovan Mitchell. I know he's an all star. I'll give you that. He's being a top fifteen player. I'll give you that. Uh, CP three, which I have a major problem with. Uh, uh you got Paul George you got Anthony Davis Zion and Gobert and the one obviously that the biggest problem with this is uh, is CP3 and Devin Booker should be an all-star that's absolutely ridiculous that Devin Booker's not an all-star and Chris Paul is I don't care this is not this is not 2004 you can't be averaging 17 16 17 a player that averages 16 or 17 points a game is not better than a player that averages 24 to 25 points a game this game is about scoring Devin Booker scores points Chris Paul is not the scorer he once was. Yes, he's kept that team stable. His leadership is great. He's a, still a good player in this league, but he's past his prime and he's not an all-star. Devin Booker is an all-star and he should be on the all-star team.
1: Yeah, he should. I was going to make a case for Aaron Fox, but then I I saw I was shocked when I saw Booker's Booker's name was left out, and I was like, okay, I, I can't really um go go with Fox anymore. So yeah, with Booker. I, I, was, I was stunned that he didn't get over Chris Paul. And, you know, especially the way we saw him. I know that doesn't count, but the way he played last year in the bubble into this year, it's translated. You know, that's on team right now. Uh, Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> I don't know about Jordan Oh, Clarkson. Oh,
0: stop. <laughs> Jordan Clarkson doesn't even start. This is so biased towards the chat. Jordan Clarkson doesn't even it's... start, okay? Anybody who doesn't start. Is that should not be an all star. Anyone who doesn't get starter minutes should not be an all star. Come on, that, that, that's ridiculous. You're playing in second units, and you want the guy to be an all star? Mm. Uh, okay, okay. Lou yeah, Williams wasn't. All right, I'll give you that one. But seriously, but most of the time, a guy doesn't snark, start. Start. Uh, they're not all stars. Uh, uh, Jordan Clarkson, big time snub. Come on now, dude.
1: Yeah, but uh, but you know, because they, they're. Uh, you know, like the Suns are one game back. The Lakers right now, like Booker's been great. You know, I know, I know, I know. Chris Paul has really helped that team mature and grow. Cause I'm, I'm stunned at, you know, where the uh, Suns are right now in the standings. But, you know, I, again, you know, I know LeBron said it. Biggest stuff. I, I think it is the way he's been playing. You know, this team's four and a half back of being in first place in in the Western Conference. Like, who would have thought that? Um but yeah, I th- I thought Booger Booker was the biggest one. I was gonna go with Fox, but I saw Booker. I I cause I was actually stunned at first when I see Booker's name on the list. Um but yeah, you know. Booker Booker deserves a um
0: being an all-star game. Uh, absolutely, without question. So we're gonna get to some NBA teams. We're gonna get to one NBA team, you know, who's north of us, who's really struggling, and that's the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are uh, really struggling struggling I mean you saw the game on Sunday where they had a 24 point lead over the uh, Pelicans and they blew that lead you saw the game last night where they had a where, where they were up late Luke hit those two big threes it's, it's they're right now they're sitting at 15 and 16. that is their worst record after 30 game after uh, 31 games since 2004 that was a uh, that was Brad Stevens uh, first season as a as head coach. Uh, this team, I think they've lost. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up right now. I think they've lost like uh they've lost uh it's uh they've just, lost, well they have they, lost like probably like six of, of their four. yeah, they six of the last
1: or six or of the last seven. Two yeah. Two of the last yeah, two of the last four or two of the last six they've
0: won. Okay, yeah. So they've lost uh four of their last six games. They've really, really struggled. They're fifteen and sixteen. I think part of it is COVID, but uh, but I mean another issue and injuries, Marcus Smart's been out, but uh, but really I think they just can't close out games. That's the problem. They've lost uh seven games by five points or less. I think they've lost like five games where they've had the lead with thirty seconds to go. And last night was one of them where Luke hit those two big shots. So yeah, the Celtics, this I think this is the most underachieving team in the NBA. Seeing what they, seeing that they've been in the conference finals three of the last four years, you're thinking with the, with that that they have two all stars too with Jason. I know they're not starters or reserves, but with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, two, two two guys who are deserving of being on the All-Star team. But seeing this team struggle, I think this is the most underachieving team in the NBA right now.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. Especially the way Jalen Brown's been playing this year. He's up to uh, almost 26 points a game. And you figured, man, he's giving you 26 points a game with Tatum and Walker. Like, man, you know, I figured they'd be sitting right there for second place. But yeah, it's been closing out games. And Brad Stevens, too, you know, and I'm a big Brad Stevens guy. Of course, Um, because he was a
0: Butler guy and he was a college coach. Of course, you're a Brad Stevens guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely. Exactly. And. The thing, too, about him is he's just – I think he's hes too much of a nice guy, I think, and he's not a guy that's going to come in and fire you up. And, you know, when things are going bad, he's not going to be the one that really, you know, lights the fire. I, I think maybe that's some a part of it. Um, it it's definitely closing out games. Again – Daniel Dice right now is like one for his last fifteen shooting. Like they they need a center. They they need a big guy. Oh they yeah, need...
0: that's why trading for Drummond will make complete sense for that yes. team because they have no big guys. Because last night, uh, uh, Boban Maranovic had a double double against them and they got destroyed on the boards yeah. last night.
1: Yeah, they, yeah, I think they're middle of the pack. They've been able to do you know somewhat decent, but yeah, you know. Um, I also think the rookies too. Like you know Grant or the young guys like Grant Williams, Aaron Naismith, and Peyton Pritchard were all playing pretty well at the beginning of the season. Now they've all kind of started to come back down to earth here, which I think is just part of it. Because they're all Kemba's not great. Been, yeah, they're all not great players. And go ahead with Kemba. Great. And Kemba, Kemba's just been inconsistent. I don't know if it's any – But Let's the talk- thing is, um, March starts next week. Even in the NBA, he's been great when March and April have calmed around. <sighs> Yeah, but, he's,
0: but, but to me, he's, no, he's never been a superstar in the NBA. He's been no. a very good player. He's been an all-star at times, but he's never been a superstar. And he's clearly their third-best player. And it just shows you. He put up a bunch of points in Charlotte when they had a bad team. Now that he's joined the Celtics, he has two players that are better than him, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, he's not as good. Yeah, And yeah, I, let, I mean, and you see Sean's comment. As much as I love Kemba, he's got to be yeah. better. Absolutely. He definitely has to be exactly. better. Yeah, yeah. Because, you Maybe know, just, because he if he is – What are you, you going to say, Justin? No, you go ahead. You go ahead, I just. Just
1: I think Sunday he shot for like four for twenty one or something like that. Like he was bad. Like I was like, "That's that's not Kemba." Oh, but yeah, absolutely. I, and he absolutely yeah. He's got to be better.
0: Yeah, I mean, and yeah, he's got to be that third best player in that third score for that team. Because if he could step up and be their third score, that that could be a real like it could be a really good like he did last year. That could be a really good team. But this year he has struggled and the team has struggled. So yeah, he he definitely needs to step up.
1: Yeah, def, def, definitely. And if he can, the way you know brown playing, at Tatum, I, they'll be fine. It's just. You know, I I would love to see them go get Drummond. I think you know you pair those two together. Um, I know he's not Drummond's not great defensively, you know. I know, but I think um, he would add an immediate spark to that team. But yeah, it's it's closing out games, and then and then last night too, um, they are talking about their defense. Every time the uh, you know their perimeter defenders regarred out in the three point line, the Magic just flew by them on the drive. Like I just and Brad Stevens seems usually do not have that problem. They, they usually are really good defensive teams. And I, I did, I would not really seen that this year. I, they really like just been average, you know, just yeah. the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what's been going on with them. And they just, they yeah, they just, they just haven't been able to, you know, haven't been great defensively just, and, and, and really outside of Brown and Tatum, no one has really played that well. So that's why they're at where they're at. But, we gotta get. To, we gotta get. To, uh, we gotta get. Uh, yeah, we got Sean's comment. Yeah, we, we, yeah as much as I love comedy he's gotta be better. Yeah, and obviously Cam has got to be better. But we gotta get to uh, the, uh, the the one of the games tonight. and That's the Lakers and the Jazz. And I mean, who cares who wins? The Lakers are gonna be without Anthony Davis, so I really don't care if the Jazz win this game by double digits. Digits. The big question is, are the Jazz the best team in the West? I think it's a pretty easy question for me. They're absolutely not the best team in the. I think I'll I'll give them this. They're a title contender because of their record. But they are absolutely, in my opinion, not the best team in the West, and they're absolutely not the second best team in the West. Okay, I think the reason for it is just say say your draft. Just say we're drafting players here. Okay, and and and, and uh, you do a draft. You're 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 if you, if you're, take, you're easily taking uh, Anthony Davis, and you're taking uh, LeBron James before you take anybody anybody on the jacks. and then say you're doing another draft. You say say, say, say it's with the Clippers players. You're easily taking Kawhi Leonard before you take anyone on the Jazz. Now, Paul George, Donovan Mitchell, that's debatable. But you could argue you could take Paul George over Donovan Mitchell. So they're clearly – I don't care what the record is. They are clearly the third-best team in the West. But why I think they're a title contender is, I think their chemistry is outstanding. I think they probably have the best chemistry in the league, even though Mitchell's – Donovan Mitchell's not a top-ten player in the NBA. He's a top-15 player. I think, you know, Mike Connolly's played well. Uh, 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 Obviously, Rudy Gobert has has played played really well. uh, Bagdanovich has played well too, and they got great chemistry. And they have the sixth man in the year, so they're probably the deepest team because they have the sixth man in the year in uh, Jordan Clarkson. And they got a they have a really good three point shooter in, and Joe Ingles. So I think they're a title contender. But to me, they're the third best team in the West. I don't care what happens tonight. I don't care if they win the game by forty points tonight over the Lakers. To me, they are still the third best team in the Western
1: Conference. I don't know if you saw Jesus' comments. He said, you know, you take all the Jazz reserves over any other team's reserves. I Who cares about the reserves? This is the NBA. Who cares about the reserves? Who cares about about the
0: reserves? Who cares about the backups? This is is a Superstars leak, okay? okay, You could count on – in that series, if they play in the conference finals, you could count on AD and LeBron dropping, dropping at least 25 points in each game. You cannot count on any Jazz player doing that, okay? I don't care about the reserves at all, okay? I don't care. I don't. OK, I care about the superstars and LeBron and A.D., you take over anybody on that jazz team any day of the week. OK, any day of the week.
1: Yeah, I would love to be the advocate here for Donovan Mitchell, but I got to see it, too, in the playoffs. I just, you know, we saw A.D. and LeBron do it. I again, I definitely up in the air between him and you know Paul Jordan, Don Mitchell. I, I really am. Uh, but yeah, over Kawhi, I can't. I do think they're the third best team, but again, like, again, I think in a seven game series. I, you know, I, I, it's close. I think they could, you know. All right, they, they might. I want they to might. take them over the Clippers, but it's just again, I, I, if I you see Paul George the way he did did last year in the bubble, and I know it, you know, sounded like it could have been a mental thing, then I definitely take the Jazz. But it, it's a close one for me.
0: Yeah, but I think Paul George is going to be fine this year in the playoffs. I think That's he's he'll be, he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be he's going to be fine. And if they play the Lakers in a seven-game series, I don't see it going – I think it goes six max because I just don't think they even take them to a game seven. You're not taking you're not taking LeBron and AD with your best player being Donovan Mitchell. You're not taking LeBron and AD to seven games. And I think here's another thing people don't talk about is another reason why the Jazz have had all the success is they were knocked out in the first round of the playoffs, so they've had all this time off. The Lakers were playing into October. The Jazz were done in in, in late August, so they've had all this time off. You know they're, they're rested. Where the Lakers have, you know, had to come back from, you know, had to come back. Basically, had pretty much a two-month off season when the Jazz had had pretty much a three-and-a-half-month off season. So I, it's a big difference there. So that's why I think the Jazz are winning all these regular season games. But I think you know this regular season success, and we've seen this with teams in the past. We saw it with the Hawks back in 2015 when everybody said. They were so much better than LeBron. And the they were better than the LeBron and the Cavaliers, and then they played in the conference finals, and the Cavs destroyed them in the conference finals. So I think this could be a very similar situation. I think the Jazz are a little bit better than that Hawks team. This could be a very similar situation of a team that plays really, really well in the regular season, but uh, does not have the same success in the postseason.
1: Yeah, I could totally see that happening because it, it too, you know. LeBron's gonna be on Donovan Mitchell and playoff LeBron defensively. He, he's gonna to be tough to score on. And then AD and you know, on, on um Gobert, it would, you know, again, like a Joe Ingalls or Brock Donovich or Jordan Carson could have, you know, but can you rely on him every night in the playoffs to be the, you know, help out the Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert to be your number possibly number two score LeBron's locking down Donovan Mitchell, which is very possible. That's what I worry about. Is there because it seems like right now they do have the pieces around, you know, where if Donovan Mitchell does have an off night, Joe Ingles could step up. but Bogdanovich could kind of – could step up. Jordy Clarkson, like they seem like they have those guys. But, yeah, when it gets to playoff time, you know, can they step up when the – you know, when the lights are the brightest? I, I think that's the biggest question for me because they – you know, because it does seem like they have the depth and they have the guys to go, you know, a six, seven-game series in a, in a final, you know, Western Conference Finals or something know where it but i do think right now the third best team but i put on close to the clippers you know i you know uh, you know, definitely the Lakers. I think the coaching
0: one. makes them close to the Clippers. I think the coaching is a big issue there. I think the coaching is an issue with the Clippers. I mean, the fact George was sitting out the last two minutes of that game on on us on on Sunday was absolutely ridiculous. So I think the coaching. I think Quinn Snyder's is a much better coach than yeah. Ty Lu. So I think the coaching. The Jazz have a big coaching advantage. Lakers. I don't think. I don't think that uh, Quinn Snyder is that much better than Frank Vogel. And obviously you have LeBron James, and he and he's pretty much a coach too. So it really doesn't matter there. So, but yeah, the Clippers. I would say because of the coaching. I think the Jazz would definitely have a better chance of beating them.
1: Yeah, because I like Quinn Snyder, and I know he's a Duke guy, and I usually don't – Duke, dish assistant. Out Duke, Duke, Duke assistant
0: on that 99 team. Yeah, so – yeah, he, he was the head assistant to Coach K.
1: Yeah, so usually I don't dish out comments. So, yeah, you know, what he's doing right now with the Jazz, um doing a really good job. Yeah, because I don't – yeah, that, that Sunday decision was mind-boggling, but, you know, who knows. But, uh, yeah, you know, Jazz close for me as being the number two team, but – you know they they have a nice cushion as long, as long as they keep playing well. I I you know could they take the Lakers to I'd probably be with you. I'd probably no. say six games. Six games. Yeah. I just I I think LeBron would be able to kind of lock up Donovan Mitchell, and I just I don't know if, I don't know if I trust the rest of the guys in a big playoff spot. Yeah. Me, you know exactly. Maybe for exactly. Me. Exactly, and for the
0: game tonight, I think the Jazz win. Really doesn't matter for the Lakers because he's, I don't think seating matters for the Lakers. I think the Jazz win it by double two scores because Anthony Davis is out.
1: Yeah, I, I killed it down. Yeah, I think with AD out, I don't know. Last time LeBron's been like an eight point dog, you know that, that's crazy. But that, you know, I'll take the Jazz tonight. They've been playing really well. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So we got to go on to college basketball, and UConn got a win last night over Georgetown, a game they needed to win. You know, started fast. Uh, Georgetown made a little bit of comeback, took the lead going into the, going into the half, but then UConn pulled away late. Uh, James Boaknight with 20, R.J. Cole with 17. UConn does their job and beats Georgetown 70-57 to 57 last night.
1: Yep, they got a quad two win. Uh, planted, you know, um, it was very sloppy for most of that game last night. I thought it was a much better second half. The p- biggest issue I still have is, you know, especially with Hurley, it, he was a point guard. And the thing is, when they're in the half court offense, they they it just I don't know if you know, Steve, but they move and then they run their offense in the half court. They're they're going um half speed. Like they're just going through the motions. It looks like. Yeah. And it's pretty tough to score when you're going half speed. Like again, I don't know if that's what they do in practice, or I would think not, but that's a huge issue and you've got to run and I kind of Calhoun used to have a quote.
0: If you go half speed around here, you're going to like, get a lot of rest during games. So that used to be a Calhoun quote back in the day.
1: Yeah. I, imagine Cal, you, know, oh, you yeah. know, Calhoun with the way they
0: run their offense. Yeah. That,
1: yeah that, I know. You know it's,
0: it's, it's methodical. The half, i agree with you. The half court offense is,
1: is. methodical. And I, I don't know why I, just, you know, but, and with Hurley being a point guard and you know, it, you know, it, that, when they're in transition offense and they're able to run, they're so much better. It's the only way they can score. But then it's like Hurley wants to slow them down for some reason. It's like he – you know, I would think he would have that feel being a point guard to know, hey, we got to keep this – you know, we got to keep speeding up here. You know, we cannot stay in the half court, but I don't – it doesn't look like he has that feel because I think he's still running the offense, but – they got to get that out. You know, they got to fix that. RJ Cole, I thought had a really good second half and he was a first two kind of player since um, to have 15 points, five assists, five rebounds, five steals, no turnover since Kemba Walker did in 2011 in the Big East, uh semifinals in Syracuse. So he got in the lane the second half because that was open all night. That lane was open all night. they missed so many point blank shots. You know, Sanago again, you know, he still should be a high school senior this year. Like so he's still really young. There's a couple of times where I thought, you know, he got hot early. He missed a couple bunnies. Josh Carlton on one of them. It's a three footer. He's like fading away. It's like, Josh, you're six ten. Go up strong. Like it's just like some of these guys are afraid to go up for contact. I don't know why, but um again, I you know, I thought the defense played well for the most part. Um I I, I like when they're pressing and they're forcing turnovers and you know, again, Five Street. There's the first one in Georgetown since 2005. They broke a five-game losing streak.
0: I mean, let's it's not that big of an accomplishment winning at Georgetown these days, okay?
1: Georgetown's program not, is yes, it's
0: not good. But, no, this isn't the Georgetown no, of 2013, okay? Yeah, let's let's let's, still, let's, 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 let's 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 get that. They've shirt.
1: been playing better though. They have some young talent. They've yeah, been playing yeah. better, but that's usually the house of horrors for. This, is,
0: this isn't this isn't the Roy Hibbert days. Isn't the Jeff Green days? This is even
1: the Otto Porter days, okay? I know, but still, it's it, to go on the. But that's been a struggle for them. you know, like they look. They've they've lost at East Carolina. They've lost at Tulsa. They like, yeah, yeah, I, look, get they, it. I got
0: they've it. They've
1: lost those games off. Uh, so I got
0: anyways. it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Uh, my three biggest takeaways are this: since James Polk Knight uh, came back, uh, my two biggest takeaways. Uh, one is that uh, this team to me is a. There, they should be an NCAA tournament team. I think Leonardo needs to have them in the field. This is an with James Polk This is an NCAA tournament team, but they are not a championship team because against good teams and you saw them against against Villanova uh they they could not step no one else stepped up outside of James Knight in that Villanova game so i don't think this is a championship team i think this might be a team that could win a tournament game and maybe get to the second weekend but this but this is not this is not a this is not a championship team in, in my opinion uh second second secondly James Bognight for as well he's played. My concern is, is his three-point shooting. His three-point shooting has not been good. I think he only made one three last night. Didn't make any threes against Providence. Made the first two threes of the game against Villanova, but he didn't make any threes after that. So I think his his three-point shooting has has, has, has not been good. And I think teams in the tournament, uh, good teams, are going to be able to just not let him drive to the basket. Uh, not 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 guard him, uh, not guard him out on the three-point line. And I think that – and force him to shoot threes. And if they do that, I think that's the best way to contain James Knight. So I think his three-point shooting needs to get better.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, I don't know if it's just – he's not in rhythm yet or what. Well. I liked how Hurley managed him last night than he did on Saturday. Because Saturday, you can see he was absolutely gassed. And I – you know. Um, but, yeah, it, you know. Um, then adding one more point with Knight, he needs to stay off the floor. I've never seen somebody more on the floor than he is. Hey, like – He's gonna get himself killed out there, especially in the NBA. They're gonna eat him alive. Yeah, he's gotta be able to stay on his feet. He's gonna hurt. He's gonna get he's gonna continue to get hurt. But. And I think one thing he
0: is he has to do more is he has to when he's penetrating, he needs to kick the ball out. He can't just keep going to the basket. He's gotta when he's when you penetrate, you gotta kick the ball out. You gotta create, you gotta make some other guy. Yeah, do I think Boaknight Knight is a great player? Yeah, but you gotta make the guys better around you. I wanna see that a little bit more in tournament time. When he's driving to the hoop and guys converge to the basket, I want to see him kick the ball out, get the ball to R.J. Cole, get the ball to, to Tyler Polly, get the ball to Tyrese Martin, set them up and make them hit big shots too.
1: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, because you know, again, because guys usually just stand around and there's not much movement. Again, they're all you know, because we've seen with Polly, if Polly is on, he's wide open. He'll hit it. Martin's very streaky, but again, I you know, he's open more more likely than not he's gonna hit it. R.J. Cole, I. I, I think he's been playing better the last two games. Again, he's a guy that I, if he gets hot, he will make his shot. So, yeah, I'd love to see James Poke penetrate more and dish it out. I, I think it would be really – um, again, because then people respect it more. And then, you know, we've been – because, yeah, you know, everybody kind of converges on him because, yeah, they know he's going up to the hole. And, yeah, it, again, and that would open up two, three guys, you know, maybe even four guys wide open outside, you know, so – I would love to see him to do that more. Um, but yeah, it's still kind of, um, with his three point shooting too. It, yeah, it's so little, it's still so concerning, but again, I hope he's just trying to get in rhythm right now. It's still, um, cause you know, he didn't look great Saturday. Um, just, you know, conditioning wise. still I still don't know how healthy he was. I still think it still may bo- his elbow may be bothering him a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, again, he can be a great player. And when we've seen in a march, if you have that one guy that can score, that that he's got that will and he can hit a basket when whenever you need it, you can go far in this tournament. And Jane Boat Knights can do that. But if nobody else can, then yeah, it, again you can just box and one him. And again, you your tourney runs over. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and we saw with UConn's championship teams, you know, Kemba Walker had uh, had Jeremy Lamb. Uh, Shabazz Napier had uh, had Ryan Bowray, so he had he Bowray. So they had that second guy that was consistent. I don't know if UConn has that second guy that's consistent.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't either. You know, because it seems like one night it's a it's a Tyrese Martin, one night it's an RJ Cole. You know, we've seen Pauly have good games. We've saw Gavney have twenty points in the game. So yeah, it's just it could be any one of these guys, but it just. They all are not consistent at the same time. And it's if they were, it would be a scary team. But, again, I don't know if, if it's just COVID just affect everything. Rhythm knows. But, yeah, if they can have that second guy, then, yeah, this is a scary good team and a team that could definitely – again, I think, you know, they sit – if they can get in at that, like – I've seen one bracketology where they have a 9 seed, but I would like to say away from the 8-9 game. But if they can get, like, a 10, 11, maybe they could – Get their way to like a seventh. They make a run the biggest tournament. I think they could beat a couple of teams. Again, they held them to Villanova. You know, again they beat Houston last year. I think Houston's, you know, was a better team last year than they are this year. So if they had, they can get that second guy, I think there is a chance they can get to the second weekend as long as they avoid the eight nine game. I, I think there's a good. I think there's a chance they could get to the second weekend i yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But we got to talk about the game against Marquette on uh,
0: Saturday. And this is a game at home they need to win. They need to beat Marquette. If they lose this game, there's a very good chance they won't make the tournament because Marquette's not a good team. They I remember, And they didn't play well against them in the first half uh, uh, out there. But I think with Marquette coming here, contain Carton, contain Garcia, and I think they win this game. And I think they win this game by two score, two, uh, double digits.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is a game they should win. Marquette, they're going to North Carolina tonight. They're like a mix of like – Why are they playing North Carolina, by the way? Um North Carolina had like a COVID or oh, BC okay. had a COVID issue, so they want to reschedule. Oh, the game. okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, that's gotcha. why they're playing tonight. But yeah, so they're like on a six-game road trip right now. Um, uh, which is very, very rare in college basketball. Um, DJ Carton, they did a great job with him the first. He shot like three for twelve the first time around. You know, they 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 cannot they should not fall behind by 18 this time. I don't think they will. Polly really carried them. Um, Dawson Garcia, I think 20 and 12. He's a tough matchup because with the side, he's six foot 11. Whaley's like a six foot eight. So it's, it's tough for Whaley. Polly's, you know, not great defensively. Um, and then cause Garcia could shoot too. So it's not like Sinago could guard him outside. We saw, you know, he, he struggles out there. Um, we kind of saw a lot against the pick and roll and all that, but it's definitely a team they should be. It's a Marquette team. That's kind of really struggling right now. It's just, It's also kind of consistency with them. They have like five guys that average double digits, but it's like one night they only get like four points out of one of them. You know, Carton and Garcia have been the two guys. If you could shut down Carton, they should be okay. Um, Again, I think you put some pressure on them. And then Garcia, too. He's got 17 assists and 34 turnovers. Don't be afraid to double. Marquette's not, they're shooting like 32%. From yeah, I mean, pretty and, much. Yeah. Just, office. just, 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 if he's
0: having a big double. game, just double him inside and force him to shoot threes. That's what you could do in college basketball. That's a great, that's a, a lot of teams do defensively. The team has a good big, you double the big, make the, make the, make the, make the, make, uh, the team uh, beat you from the perimeter.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and, and then again, you know, that too. And then I, you know, again, turnovers too. I, that's, Because then you get the run, you get easy buckets. That's what they need. They need to run and get easy buckets. They cannot stand in the half court. And again, if they could speed them up like they did the beginning against Georgetown last night, they they should win. They should win this team. They should beat these guys um, big big on Saturday.
0: Looking at UConn's upcoming schedule, they got Marquette at home, Georgetown at home, and then Seton Hall on the road. I think they gotta go. They gotta go uh, at least. They gotta go. I think they gotta go three and out in those three games. I think if they lose even one of those three, they could have trouble making the tournament, depending on what they do in the big East tournament. Yeah. You know, and Seton Hall is the one I think it's Seton Hall has got to be, I feel like Seton Hall has got to be a win too. Cause they, they lost to Seton Hall the last time. And Seton Hall's on the bubble. is on the bubble.
1: Yeah. You know, and that Seton Hall game um, coming off the COVID again, with the ref and whatever, they put the word 15 minutes with basketball and they still almost won that game. You know, like, so you know, and I think Seton Hall, too, it's going to be the first game where they're going to have fans, too. So, you know, I think that's going to be an added boost for Seton Hall that night. Um, but anyways, now I saw DraftKings, I didn't see it this morning, but they're like minus 670 to make the like the NCAA tournament. Where Duke and, like, Sanford are like minus 150. So it's like DraftKings really thinks that they're going to make get it in.
0: And the, and the committee's right. going to consider the bulk night thing injury, I think. Yeah.
1: It's like Jerry Palm, I think the CVF Brack has him as a nine seed right now. Oh, okay. So, so they're
0: because Lenardi has him like out of the tournament. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, yeah it's, I, it's it's weird to see where UConn is right now.
1: Yeah, it's a weird thing. And I think the committee's gonna evaluate him with a with Boatnight in there. I think they will. Again, yeah, three-no. They should go three-no in the final. Again, at St. hall is gonna be a tough one. I am worried about that, but yeah, you gotta take care of everybody, Marquette and Georgetown. I think, two. if they're lost at Seton Hall and you win, you know, I think they're still fine as long as they don't have a mess up in the Bays tournament, which, again, it with all like the, the number, all mixed match, I, again, I, I don't even want to predict who they're going to play. Yeah, and,
0: and but playing. I think right now they should be the four seed, right? Three or four they're, seed.
1: Yeah, so they're if tied to
0: they If they went out, would they be the three?
1: Yeah, because they, they're two they're two back in the win column at C and Hall, but they both have six losses. So, they knocked seen Hall to seven losses. So, if they went out, they beat Seton Hall, they'd be a three. They can't – they were down two losses at Creighton, but um, – or actually, Creighton played 16 games. So, I don't – you know, I don't think 1% of the lie they could – you know, I don't think see Creighton losing two games the next few weeks. So, they'd be at three. Yeah, that's where you had them before the season. Yeah. Yeah, because we'll probably, probably – like, I, I didn't it,
0: Providence. It, and it's not like – uh it's not like uh, this is the this is the Big Twelve or the Big Ten or the ACC, but still, it's a week. I didn't feel like it's a weak year in the Big East because seeing that uh, uh, that seeing that uh, Providence isn't as good, uh, Seton Hall lost uh, Miles Powell, uh, Marquette lost Marcus Howard, so it's not as good to a year in the Big East. But still, being in third is still is still good and should be good enough to make the tournament.
1: Yeah, you know, it, and it's a, it's a young. A lot of these teams are young. Like, Butler's like the like second youngest team in the conference. Even Marquette's young. Georgetown's young. St. John's is young. They've been a surprise. Xavier's even young. So it's like, it's one of those things where yeah, it's it's, it's kind of down. But finishing third in the Big East, you know, I don't. They never got the top three in the American. So it just kind of which, shows which, that.
0: which, in my opinion, was an embarrassment. But but yes, that's another story was. for another day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, it was. So yeah. I, I, again, I think they'd be great as, as you know, fitting at that three. I think they finished fourth, I think, because I I don't think coaches in the conference knew what we were going to get from UConn. So, um, and you know, with what we've seen, they, you know, definitely finishing third is a great, great start to it. And, again, you hung out around him with Bill over on the road. You should have been creating at home, and then you didn't have night on the road. So it's like they could be right – you know, they're like – they're right there, you know. Like they're they're right there. So I again third third again I I got no problem. I knew Villanova and Cray were going to be a class of this league, and it was kind of okay. UConn should be like the class, the next, the second tier. They should kind of be that first team in the tier two. Yep, 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 yep. yep.
0: So uh, we'll see what happens with UConn, but we got to get to a story in college basketball that happened last week with Jalen Johnson opting out. And seeing the team's success with Jalen Johnson opting out because uh, Duke has won their three games. They beat Wake Forest. They beat Virginia on Saturday in the big game, and they beat Jim Beheim, who made comments about this, and uh, Syracuse uh, on Monday on Monday night, and they beat him pretty good. They beat him by double digits. So right now, the biggest question is, and, and and you follow obviously you follow college basketball more than me. I know you have an opinion on this. Is Duke two two part question? Is, is 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 But this is, probably one, this is, apparently this is the same question because of, you know Bayheim's comments saying that they're a better team without Jalen Johnson. Is Duke a better team without Jalen Johnson?
1: I did not think they were until Monday, and I was kind of reading more into it as last week went on. I think they are, and again, these are a couple of the key things that I was reading and what I've heard. Jalen Johnson didn't arrive to Duke until August 20th, and let's remember – He can't, you know, it's not like normal years where he gets to know all of his teammates like you usually do. Again, you just practice and go to games with them. You can't hang out with them. You can't go to parties. You can't even hang out in a hotel when you're on the road. Um, It's one of those things where I feel like he just never bonded. And I think it's one, you know, where he was never close because he, I forgot why, but he arrived campus later than everybody else. So. I think when everyone else got to kind of know each other, he was already behind everybody else. And I think, you know, and it felt like he just didn't fit with what they wanted to do. Um, again, it, it has helped that Matthew Hurt going, you know, was 18 for 22 his last three games from shooting three ball, which again is, is remarkable. You don't ever see that happen, the guy shooting that hot right now. But with all the COVID, it sounded too like he's had one foot in the door, one foot out all season long. So just, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's like they've kind of just, okay, he's, you know, again, I don't think he was a, you know, a, a cancer or anything in the locker room. But I think it's one of those things where it's like, okay, he's gone. But, you know, like, you know, it didn't bug him. It didn't bother him. I just don't think he was. Very close with, you know, with, with the team. I heard, too, like he's transferred, I think, out of like two or three different heights. So, again, who knows what's going on around there. But, I, I again, I didn't think they were a better team. But the way they've been playing, I, I think they are. You know, I don't – NC State's not great. They've missing their best player. Wake Forest, Steve Forest has a lot to do. I like him, but Wake's got a long way to go. Virginia's best wins at Clemson. Like, Virginia's, I, I think, a bit overrated. Right now, and then Syracuse again. I, I, they're not. You know, it, it's the buddy show. Yeah, the, the ACC. This buddy. is
0: one of the worst ACCs in a while, in my opinion. I think the ACC is 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 very very weak this year because right. North Carolina's down. They're better than they were last year, but they're down. Duke's down. Virginia's not. Virginia's good, but they're not as good. So the, yeah, this is this is a very this is a watered down ACC yeah. this year. And here's one question I want to ask you: What did you think of Bayheim's comments? Did you agree with them? Because he's kind of backed off the comments about Jalen Johnson.
1: Yeah, you know, I so actually when he first came out and he said yeah, they're a better team. I didn't agree with that at first. Now I think they are a better team too, but again, worry about your own team behind. I know, I, know.
0: Behind. <laughs> I don't get that, yeah.
1: Again, him and Chashevsky, they think, you know, every <laughs> time Chasevsky says something, bang have gotta back him up. Like they're just they're like it's like a partnership, those two. Um yeah. again, worry about your own team behind. Again. Learn teach your team how to play man to man defense because uh, no, that doesn't work anymore. Oh my god! He's you tall. see that on Monday night? Dude I'm couldn't miss
0: from three. No, I, that's why. That's he's, he's a dinosaur right now, Jim. Ba- in my opinion, yeah. Bayheim's a dinosaur. He's oh, yeah. he's obviously with what he did. Well, it happened a couple of years ago. He shouldn't be he shouldn't be coaching, but he's a dinosaur. He will. He refuses he's to easy. play man to man defense.
1: Yeah, he he does, and I know you gotta teach it, but like in this day and age, you know, Steve, you know, even the college guys are are, are much better shoes than they were 10 years ago when Carmelo was here too yeah
0: it may, it may be time for for syracuse yeah. to get rid of him he, he, no, he needs
1: well, to, I don't yeah. it should be but I don't want him to huh. he, recruiting's taking a big hit look they don't play anybody like the buddy he you know guys don't want to go there because of buddy I think
0: Oh god, that program! It's amazing how far that program has
1: fallen in five years. It's been great. Again, they they missed the Big East. UConn's, really falling UConn's
0: falling off. Yukon's fallen off and coming back, but Syracuse is going is in a free fall right now. They are right. in a free fall of it's a pro- program. Yeah, for UConn fans, it definitely is fun to watch. It definitely. But, is. Did you
1: actually see him too? The two weeks ago, he picking his nose again. He had the max down. He's picking his nose on TV camera. I heard about like, that. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Come on, we're we're in the pandemic. Get the max down. Picking your nose.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, exactly So uh, we got uh, some news in baseball A uh, big contract uh, with Bob Fernando Tatis Jr. But before that, we have a promo from Clovercrest Media Red Sox fans have longed to hear it The Boston Red Sox are world champions Can you believe it? It hasn't happened
1: Fired. Swing and a miss, strike three. it's over! The Red Sox have won the world championship! Tune in to the newest show presented by Clovercrest Media. It's OB's Backstop Podcast. Catch it twice a week,
0: every Red Sox series finale, on your favorite podcast platform. That was the newest CMG podcast, Ovi's backstop podcast. Catch it this Sunday, the opening, the opening episode this Sunday. Uh I think see Sean Scanlon will be a guest. He's a Red Sox fan. Here's an interesting one. Joe Aguire's gonna be a guest. Oh, oh <laughs> Joe is Joe's gonna be a guest. Uh, Joe's oh, gonna be on that podcast. That's gonna be interesting to <laughs> see Joe on a Red Sox podcast. Oh, yeah i'm gonna be interested to see joe on that podcast oh, my
1: oh god. man oh, my god. oh boy or something oh yeah yeah It's. i don't well, know we... I,
0: yeah that's good that's good oh my god him and alex cora <laughs> if you because if we know something about joe joe hates alex cora oh, So man. that's gonna be fun to see him go at it about alex cora so yeah joe's gonna be one of the i mean i don't know if he's gonna be a regular guest on the show but he's gonna be a, a guest on the Red Sox podcast with, with Ovi. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting there. Yeah, uh, to see, to, to, fun, to, yeah, to see Joe on to see Joe on that. But uh, yeah, uh, backstop, podca- backstop podcast Ovi's backstop podcast. It's gonna be done twice a week after every Red Sox series. First episode is this Sunday, so definitely check that out. CMG's newest podcast. Even as a Yankee fan, I think it's nice to have a Red Sox podcast uh, going on. You know, obviously we've had the roll call going on for a while, uh, so it'll be nice to you know being here in Connecticut. It's nice to have you know both teams being represented here at cmg uh with, with with the Sox and the yankees and you know just our goal now in the fall probably has to be maybe getting the patriots represented uh to, to get the yeah, get a Pat's yeah. podcast going to get the patriots represented so yeah, justin would like that yeah, do yeah. say, i don't
1: think we have i think it's a lot of giants fans it's a tall it's a
0: ton of giants fans in cmg it's a ton of giants fans in cmg, yeah, it's, it's, like, of, fans in CMG. it's like it's yeah. like eight giants fans one co- one cowboy fan jared you're a patriots fan i think Oh, uh, Rob I think, is a Steelers I think Tyler
1: Bartley I think Tyler's a, a Tyler fan. Tyler's a Patriot fan too yeah you it. and Tyler are the
0: only two Patriot fans and there's like eight like ten Giants fans and yeah, like
1: you guys. Joe yeah. likes
0: to pick the Giants fans. Oh yeah doesn't like to pick the other yeah. he likes to pick the Yankee and Giant fans if hard to part of CFT like you know, if you're you, you, you yeah, gotta be either you, you, too, yeah. you, you gotta be either one you gotta be either one of those. So <laughs> Do we have like a Mets fan I think, yeah, Isaiah is a Mets
1: fan. Yes, yes, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, fan. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah okay, yeah. so we have a Mets, but
0: that's about it. Yeah, mostly Yankees too. Yeah, mostly Yankees too. Just seeing who the president is—that's what he wants. Constantly, <laughs> <laughs> Yankees, Giant fans on there. So yeah. Oh, so again, OV's backstop podcast uh, this Sunday opening episode, uh, and then uh, twice a week during the season. So check that out. But we got to get to baseball. And we got to get to Fernando Tatis Jr. Fourteen years, three hundred forty million. They have pretty much just. You know, may, locked him in as being their franchise player, and They should. He's a 5 to a player. Has speed, power, average, great defensively. He is a top ten player in baseball. Uh, and I and I, I think this is a really good move for the Padres to get to to uh, sign Tatis Jr. long term.
1: Yeah, you know, I, again, I know he's only played 143 games, um, and he's you know, which to get to – you know, but we've seen all the sparks and all that. Like he hasn't played a full season, and he's already getting his money. But he he's been a superstar, and I like it too by the Padres because. When this deal's up, he's going to be 36 years old. He's not going to be like Albert Pools, and he's going to be like 42 in the last four or five years. It's like, you're not getting a ton, you know, he's going to be 35, 36 when things up. So again, he could still kind of be like a, you know, more like a DJ, LeMay, just kind of be a, you know, change his game, maybe be more contact there if he has to. Like I think this is a really good move too, because again, maybe when he's done, you can lock him up for another year, year or two. You know, um, who know, who knows? So, yeah, I think it's a really smart move by the Padres, and they've done a great job as a small market team. Like, oh, yeah, small market teams have are watching what they do. and Oh, yeah, really more competitive.
0: Great. I mean, it's, it all started with going out and assigning Machado uh, back in 2019. They Wish. signed Machado, uh, they, which Osmer. was a great ha, Hosmer, oh, back even 18 with Eric Hosmer. That's yeah, where it started. 18. Machado, uh, then you know, you get Tatis in there. Now, that now with the pitching, they went out and traded for you, Darvish, they went out and traded for Blake, Blake Snell. Uh, so, you look at this Padres team, there's a lot of excitement in San Diego. It's going to be fun to see those fans come come into Petco Park. I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching those Padre Dodger games. Outside mm. of the Yankees, for me, uh, Padres Dodgers is going to be must see. That's probably yeah. the, the like, like what I'll, I'll, what I'll for, for baseball this year. I'll watch any, as many Yankee games as I can. And if the Padres and Dodgers are playing, I'm watching. That, that, yeah. if, they, if, if the Yankees aren't playing, the Padres and Dodgers are playing, I'm definitely watching because that's going to be really interesting.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, de- definitely. You know, being the only sports team now in town, but you I know, know, I know. So yeah, It's just all they, you know, they've been kind of waiting for this. So yeah, it's great for the Padres fans. I love watching Padres games too, especially on Sunday. The home games when they wear the camos, I, I, those are my favorite uniforms. of baseball, the camos when they wear those Sunday afternoons for the you know military appreciation. So I always try to tune on Sunday afternoons. But yeah, yeah, you know, I'll be tuning in a lot of Padres, especially at yeah, Padres Dodgers. Should be really, really fun to watch this year. But, um, yeah, you know, this seems this right there. And I remember, you know, when they got hot, and we Machado Machado. Again, I think we were talking about it too, and I was like making fun like, of I was like wow. Yeah, you're
0: like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. You should be rebuilding. What are you doing getting all these yeah. guys? But now it makes sense. Looking at their team now, it makes a ton of sense why
1: they got those guys. Yeah, and let's hope more small market teams do it. And maybe it would help the sport baseball. Again, Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'll get to some more news
0: and uh oh, this series one's pretty obvious. Garrett Cole is gonna be named the opening as a day starter for the Yankees. This is obvious. He's clearly the ace. And uh and and you knew it was just it was just a matter of time Boone was gonna announce it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um you knew it was gonna, you know, big big guy paying him thirty six million dollars a year. You know he didn't go out there day one. Uh hopefully Gary Sands will be on the platform as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. We'll see. We'll see about that. We'll see. But I I I but he more than likely will be on the platform. Uh, last topic, though, which we'll spend some time on, is uh, what happened with the Mariners. Uh, C- uh, Kevin Mather, their uh, president, uh, resigned after uh, inappropriate comments about, uh, you know, the uh, Japanese pitcher Ikamura and uh, a prospect, uh, of Julio Rodriguez. And these were just inappropriate comments. The interpreter comment was uncalled for, and he needed to, he needed to be gone after that comment. There was no excuse for making that comment at all. That was just a completely inappropriate comment. And the marriage did the right thing. Uh, I didn't mean, was not, he got fired firing him. That, 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 that should not have happened.
1: Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. The stuff he was saying, you know, um, it, to, you know, they kind of say about the interpreter stuff and doesn't want to pay. You got millions of dollars, dude. This it's, you know, again, what it's kind of just showing you just do not care for your players. You don't, want the best for him it, it was again it it was a, such a battle i heard too in the early 2000 when he was still with the mariners he was accused of harassment too but i guess they settled it with his accusers back in like 03 so it's like he's had issues in the past and i i'm surprised he was this position that he was still um i heard that but yeah it it Again, it, it was awful. You cannot be you cannot be doing that. And that guy had no place in sport baseball, or in or in any sports organization. Yeah, no, no.
0: For those comments, no, we should never get a job at all. I mean, it's a disgraceful comments. You don't make comments like that towards minorities. It's disgraceful. It's embarrassing, and you should never, you should never be hired. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's it's humiliating. And even the GM was embarrassed when he made those comments.
1: Yeah, and they and they should you know that that whole organization. It's been actually since he took the job, he's been there since ninety seven. So they, they've been pretty much awful since the moment he's been there in that organization. So you wonder why uh, he's still had this job something.
0: as long. Yeah. I wonder why he's I, had
1: this job this I long. Don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. It's crazy. that yeah, He did have this job. This, I'm, know, not, I'm not uh, going to lie to you. I didn't even know who that was until he got fired. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I never heard it. I, you know, I never knew their president, you know, that guy's name. Yeah. Until, until he was fired. I didn't either. So, yeah, you know, it kind of just shows you, he really, I don't know, I know you know, has yeah, he hasn't done much for that organization at all. So yeah, just absolutely embarrassing. That oh, the comments he said, it's all
0: oh, oh, without question. And the Mariners made the right thing, getting rid of him, and now and now they're moving on without him, which 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 is completely appropriate.
1: Yeah, they no issues there. Yeah, you know, he should because he called the best pitcher too, very boring that they have. Like it just you know, you just got you know, I don't I, I don't know why he ever brought these things up.
0: Yeah, and even you saw you saw uh, Kyle Seeger's wife making com- comments too about about this saying. You know, they may not re-sign him. He's just making just completely dumb comments. It's just awful.
1: Yeah. Again, like, why do you ever speak? I know it was like a rotary know, thing. Yeah. I'm like, I never heard of that till after the fact. Like, I, I just don't understand why. Like, what are you? Again, like, why are you? Why are you an? you know, why are you in this position that you are? If you seem like you have no interest in the players, like, why yeah. are you just? It makes no sense. Like. I would think in a spot like you would enjoy what you did, but it doesn't really seem like he did. He just – Lota just rag on the players. Again, like, it's on hit It's on him. Like, it's, it's – you know, it totally just – I just don't get it. I never thought I'd see an actual owner, like, speak like that. It's just embarrassing.
0: Oh, it absolutely yeah. is. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it absolutely is embarrassing. But we're going to wrap up the show, and we don't really talk much much hockey much, but seeing that we're both Ranger fans and uh, this is a it's their best player, uh, 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 and, and Artemi Panarin, he is taking a leave of absence for uh, accusations, uh, for assault accusations back in Russia back in 2011. Um, my take on this, I really didn't know that much about the situation, but, you know, if these are true, we'll see what the Rangers do here. I think if these are true – you know, maybe there could be – I wouldn't mind if the Rangers release him. Your character has to be a big thing, and and I hope these accusations aren't true. But if they are true, I wouldn't mind if the – as a Ranger fan, I wouldn't mind if they release him.
1: I Actually, what I've heard is this is not – because now this was his former coach who – that he played in the K, KHL team or whatever, uh, who is a supporter of um, Vladimir Putin. And his teammates on that team said those don't add up the way the Rangers came out in their statement in the NHL, I do think that this is something where they're just trying to come after him again. Like it, it, it sounds like he saw his family over there too. So it sounds, I think too, he's cause he has spoken out. I think he's called like, um, like over there, like, like lawless um, he's been in possession way too long, Like he's kind of going off after the Russian government, which again, it's a communist country. And so it sounds like everything, it sounds like that ac- accusation is false and they're just trying to get him for something. And again, it sounds like he doesn't know right now, or this was like two days ago. I haven't seen anything else on, you know, but he doesn't know if his family's safe right now. So it's like, how can you concentrate on hockey when you don't even know your family's okay right now? And I think that's kind of the big issue. But again, there's, you know, there's, you know, worry, but that's what kind of happened. You speak up again, like it's a communist country, Russia, as we know, again, I know we have all of some issues in America right now, but we're, we're lucky that again, it's, you know, that we don't have that type of government. So it's unfortunate what's going on with them, but it sounds like it's false. Again, I don't think the rate you know because it sounded all positive with the Rangers and HL, like they're going to back them up. They're with them on this. So I think this is, it's, it's false. And they're just, you know, I, again, I think they're just trying to get on you know, they're just trying to drag them down for something that is false, which, you know, is unfortunate, but it ha you know, it just, you know, a country that grows, they don't care. They, you know, they, they, they don't care. Cause I think I've heard two one of his grandparents, I think wasn't used to was in prison for speaking out against the, the government. So like, you just, who know, you know, it's all it's unfortunate, you know, but hopefully, you know, it hopefully he can get it settled again. Hopefully, you know, whatever he has to do to get his family safe, he can do that. If it's bringing him to America, that's great. But, you know, again, it, it's a scary situation. You know, again, he, it, again, when he goes back, because, you know, I think they're in Turkey's family is so it's, it's again, He, you know, he's kind of somewhat in danger, too. You know, they don't care who he is. Like it's, it's, it's just kind of a scary situation, you know, but um, actually the last thing too, I, cause I heard from a couple of Rangers writers that, you know, talked to like the governor, the hockey race in, in Russia. And they said, this story was not gaining like a ton of traction, which I think Russia wanted to, to gain some traction on this and make him look like a bad person to make like Russia turn on, you know, something like that. But again, hopefully, you know, you know, he could just get everything settled and his family's you know, safe and okay, and you can help him whatever way he has to, and definitely takes take as long as you need.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I hope these accusations aren't true. Hopefully he gets back to the Rangers and, hope you know, because the Rangers have been playing pretty well lately, and hopefully he gets back to the Rangers and they make a playoff push.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, hopefully he gets back, you know, do some point to help him, but, you know, with the short season and all this, you know, it's a tough division. Who knows, but, yeah, you know, be great. If he can get everything settled, he could be back to the playoffs. But, you know, yeah, just hopefully for him take his time and come back whenever he's ready.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R&J. For Jace Garcia, our producer did a great job. For Justin D'Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week previewing UConn's big game at Seton Hall and talking about any sports news that comes our way. Have a great weekend, everyone.
1: I love wiffle ball. No other way to explain it just something about the game the feel of the grass smacking that ball all over the field making plays diving head first whatever it takes to get the job done that's what wiffle ball means to me striking out grown men watching their knees buckle on a called third strike Sit out bud And then, of course, the home runs, the base hits, the big, big home runs at the big moments. That's a whiff of greatness. Join us all season long for the Joe Aguirre story, a CMG podcast.